Welcome to the Swine Health Black Belt Podcast, the latest swine health research digested for you. Swine Health Black Belt Podcast is only possible with the support and trust of innovative companies like SCA Ventilation and Management Solutions, made for farmers by farmers since 1966. Beringer Ingelheim, through innovative solutions, cutting-edge research, and world-class experts, Beringer Ingelheim helps producers operate with complete confidence. Learn more at swineresource.com. My name is Clayton Johnson, your host for today's episode, and I am very pleased to be joined by Dr. Nakarin Pomonchain Noonkun with the University of Minnesota. Dr. Nakarin, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, nice to meet you, Dr. Johnson. Um, my name is Nakarin Pomonchain Noonkun. Um, right now, I'm a PhD candidate at University of Minnesota, um, College of Veterinary Medicine. I, I graduated um, from Thailand with DVM program, and right now I'm pursuing PhD. Yep. Very good. Very very nice to meet you, and I look forward to talking about your work. As I understand it, it's it's very important work. You have been researching uh, a very important and unfortunately a very infamous PERS virus that's been circulating in the industry, the infamous 144 lineage 1C variant. Uh, Dr. Nakarin, what uh, what have you been working on with that virus specifically? Um, actually, there's a lot of research um, out there about L1C144, but on my perspective, we, we wanted to, to, to see the origin of this variant, variant of concern of PERS in the U.S. Because um, if we know like where's the origin of this one and also um, which variant of PERS in the past would be like a potential parent for this variant, we may have found some like... Um, implementation that we can solve this problem? That is the first question for our research. Very good. Um, I think one of the one of the questions that producers always have when they get PERS is, how did I get infected? And then take that up one step. When we have a new PERS virus like this, we say, how did this happen? You know, Where did this virus come from? I think producers generally know that PERS mutates a lot, but we don't necessarily know the specifics. Could you talk to us a little bit, Dr. Nakarin, about how you investigated the origins of this variant? So um, at first, we named, named this variant based on just only R5 gene that most of the people in the field use to classify PERS into um, IFLP typing or lineage or sublineage. But for us, we think that R5 gene is just 4% of the whole genome sequence, whole genome of the virus. So we want to know, like, Maybe other genes on the virus genome maybe is really important, and it may cause some kinds of variants that we faced like last year from L1C144 variant. So that's why we just um, try to sequence the whole genome sequence of um, the sample represent the outbreak in the field in the Midwest last two years, and try to search the potential parents that uh, already existed in the US um, on GenBank um, database. Excellent. So the, your work worked with um, whole genome sequences and GenBank to try and understand the ancestry of this new variant virus. Mm -hmm. You know, what was the lineage look like? Who are the relatives? Who are the the direct ancestors? Hopefully, were you able to find the the direct ancestors of this virus or ancestor? You know, where the virus originated from? Frankly, we couldn't find the direct parent for sure because we didn't keep like sequence every single virus in the field, right? Mm -hmm. But we find some potential parents of this 
variant. Mm -hmm. At first, you know that this variant was called L1C144 because of their all five gene. So that part of the genome, like all five gene and like other genes around that gene, um, classify as L1C. It's grouped with other kinds of L1C thing. The people in the field may know as um, 144 virus. But we found that the first part of the genome called NSP2, that highly involved in the replication of the virus, how virus replicate themselves in, this, in, in pig cells and also like expand their population. That one, they, it, it has a L1A-like um, structure, NSP gene, which it might or might not be the thing that caused the outbreak. We don't really know about that. We have to prove that by experiment. But at the end, we found out that at least this kind of mechanism, evolutionary mechanism, which call recombination, um, cause this kind of variation. It's just like a swift of the change of the virus. But we don't really know this caused the this kind of massive outbreak or not. But yeah, you can see from the field. Sure. I think uh, most of us are pretty familiar with recombination as it relates to influenza virus. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've all heard about the, the uh, triple gene cassette in, in many of our swine viruses and the fact that our swine flu viruses often contains pieces of human influenza strains, avian influenza strains and swine. Um, is it somewhat similar, this recombination process with PERS in pigs, in that if you have multiple strains infecting the same cell in the pig, those strains can recombine in that cell to produce an offspring that contains characteristics of both? Actually, the concept of recombination and reassortment in influenza is almost the same, but um, it's a bit com complicated in PERS because for influenza, it is a segmented virus. So the reassortment process just exchange the segment to each other on the, in the same cell for sure. But that one, you're pretty sure that, okay, this segment um, just exchange the whole thing. But for PERS, it is a, it is a linear and a virus. So we don't really know which part that this kind of PERS can change, exchange this part to each other on the same cell. It's really random. So we don't know which position, which part, which gene would be exchanged to, to each other. That's the problem. So it's really random. Mm -hmm. It can be random in terms of where within the virus it's received its ancestry. It's not like you're saying a segmented virus where it's okay, well, this gene segment came from this parent and this other gene segment came from a different parent. Within an open reading frame, you could have parts of both parents present within that open reading frame for PERS. Is that correct? Probably. Because sometimes, let's say, um, for open reading frame, sometimes it's not that long. Mm -hmm. enough to, to, to recombine. But um, let's say um, PERS virus genome has like major three parts. Yeah, within that big parts can be recombined to each other. But for each of, let's say, within just only all five genes, it's hard to find a recombination within that. So that's why we can use that gene to classify PERS into many sublineages without like confounding from recombination. But as a whole genome, it's, it's really hard to define that. Do you think you would have been able to um, come to your conclusions and help to understand the ancestry if you would have limited yourself to just OR5 sequences? Or is the whole genome really uh, sequencing essential to this sort of work? Um, actually, 
for my work, um, for, for the researcher, we prefer whole genome sequences. But, but we know that it's right now still expensive and you, you have to spend a long time to, to sequence that, longer time to screen that. But um, if you want to just like um, investigate what happened in your farm, using Alpha right now, it's okay to, to compare your variant with the previous variant like that you faced um, on your farm. But the problem is, what if you got almost the same off five gene from to, to the previous time, but um, the clinical presentation is much different to the to to the past. That's the problem. That's why at that time we may need whole genome sequence to observe. Okay, maybe other genes um, apart from all five cause something to the um, on in the virus and cause something in in a farm. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. Um, what uh, take-homes would you suggest our audience should be aware of? What are the, the practical applications of, of your work and your understanding of the lineage of this new variant 144 uh, Lion 1C? Yeah, actually, as you know, um, PERS virus is RNA virus. is mutated very fast. But um, more than that, it's not just the point mutation that they just change um, the nucleotide on, on, on their sequence. This one recombination, as you know, it can change um, the the features of, of the virus so fast, and it can create like a lot of variation of um, PERS. And this one can create like a new variant, like this kind of L1C144 that may cause a massive losses for your farm. So the key is try not to like keep PERS virus for too long, especially when you don't really know what is that variant. And after that point, when you just got a new variant without the knowledge also, you may get like a new variant recombined, recombined from those two. So try to like avoid pers as much as you can. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. Um, it's a good lesson for us in terms of the, the appropriate management of pers virus, um, especially yeah. in continuous flow farms like sow farms are. Um, that just choosing to live with a virus has risk beyond just the, the performance losses of that virus. Because as, as you've demonstrated, if a second virus comes into that farm, you don't just have a potential to deal with those two viruses, but they could, they could recombine to produce a third virus. And that's not only bad for your farm, but that's bad for the entire industry. Um, so I think that's a good uh, practical take home for us uh, as we learn more about how these novel PERS viruses, these novel strains that tend to decimate our industry every three or four years, how they get created is, you know, when we hold on to the old strains, uh, eventually when a new strain comes in, we have a chance to create uh, a hybrid that is more robust and, and, and better adapted to the pig than its ancestors. And, and typically that's where we see these big outbreaks that work their way across the whole industry. Thank you very much for, uh, for sharing that with us. Um, I really appreciate uh, you coming on to the show. Um, and to everybody else, thank you for listening to the Swine Health Black Belt Podcast. Please check us out at swinehealthblackbelt.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you won't miss out on the next episode. For Dr. Nakarin Pomonshin Noan Poon, I'm Dr. Clayton Johnson. Thank you very much for joining us and have a great week. Hey everyone, we're always searching for the latest and greatest research to share each week. 
If you have a swine health related research trial and would like to come on the show to talk about it with me and share it with our audience, feel free to send an email to healthblackbelt at swineit.com and we would love to take a look at your research. Thank you.